and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by the Sunday Mail Scott McDermott. On the pod, we look back over two wins for Rangers over Livingston and Cowdenbeath, one superb and one wobbly. And we've been banging on and on about a number 10 for months. But have we been talking rubbish? It's possible. Do Rangers even need a number 10? We'll look at that. Scott, we're going to go all the way back to Livingston very, very briefly. We're not going to spend too much time yep. on it. Just give me your account of that game. How did you think it went? For me, it was Rangers' best away performance of the season. Uh, possibly, yep. It was certainly, <laughs> when I think, it seems like ages ago now, but when I think of that Livy game, it was just the solidity was back. Do you know what I mean? See when there's, you know, the defence was so solid, there was no individual errors, uh, there was no gaps or spaces, there was no giving the no giving the opposition team any encouragement. It was just a really solid um I was going to say workman like I mean, that's maybe a wee bit harsh because there was there was creativity in there as well, obviously for guys like like Ryan Kent, but it was really just um no, really kinda industrial didn't give them anything to kinda to kinda go with and as you say, one of the best away performances exactly what they needed after after Kilmarnock. Um and that's what they need to no, that's what they need to reproduce between now and the end of the season away from home. Reminded me of a good Walter Smith performance. It was just grinding the opposition down through yeah. power, pace and a quality of ball that is direct, not yeah. necessarily passing the ball about tippy-tappy football, all about possession, although they did have a good level of possession in the game. It was very, very direct and very powerful. Yeah. And that's what they've been lacking uh, quite often in away games. Uh, and, Livingston are a good side. Yeah, and also, Johnny, I mean, without taking anything away for Rangers, no, as we've said, it was a, re- a really good performance. But they get the first goal from a mistake for Liam Kelly no, a, wee, a wee bit of luck and sometimes you need that in these away games No, you need like no, I know Kelly were at home but Kelly needed Joe Warrow to make that mistake no, to give them the lead against Rangers and give them something to, to hold on to I don't think Rangers have, have had that wee bit of luck away from home this season um, on many occasions however I'm saying it's luck it's Ryan Jack hitting a shot for outside the box, how many times have we sat here and said midfielders, Rangers midfielders aren't, aren't shooting enough? Yep. There's a prime example why you should have a pop for outside the box. And that, that mistake for Kelly, that wee bit of luck, just settles everyone's nerves in that Rangers camp, settles the fans down, No, gives them something to hold on to, they can then no, slow it down a wee bit. And that's the way it panned out. The first goal was crucial um, for them. It just gave them that base, and for then on, they didn't really give uh, didn't really give Livy a, a sniff. And of course, I've been giving Ryan Kent a little bit of stick in the last few weeks, saying that while I appreciate him as a player, I don't think he's been delivering enough. And of course, he steps up and delivers, which was good to see. I think there's a last Livy away game. <coughs> get beat one 0 Stephen Gerrard left him on the bench and had to throw him on basically as they were they were trying to salvage something. So he wasn't going to make that. Same mistake again, despite obviously Kent uh, no, giving, uh, playing a part in one of the, the Kelly goals a few days uh, previous. But no, he was always going to play. He's becoming, <clears throat> as we've said, he's now becoming an integral part of this this Gerrard team. Um, he was back playing on the flank after obviously getting that 
role at the uh, at the tip of the diamond at Rugby Park, but he did look a lot more a lot more comfortable back in the left wing. Granted, he, I think he still had license to go. I mean, he, at Livy he was popping up in the right wing. He was going through the middle. He pops up for the goal uh, in the centre of goal. He missed a chance just before that as well. So. It was a really impressive performance for him in particular. Another big talking point from the game before we move on for me was the fact that Katic was back and playing yeah. at his best. Dominant in the air. Looked like he hadn't been out of the team. Looked like he was continuing the form of that early season that we yeah. saw from him. Is he now cemented as the number one uh, defender alongside Goldson? Or do you think Gerrard will still uh, rotate? I, for me, Scott, and a lot of the fans are saying this, for me, he needs to go back to Goldson and Katic yep. and, and give them a run and see if they can match that early season form because in terms of what we've seen, those two are the best partners. Yep. I, I don't know. I agree with you, but I don't know if you can say cemented the way Steven Gerrard's worked <coughs> it this season so far. He's rotated the, the four centre-backs, or certainly three of them, um, pretty much every week. Um, no, does does a performance against Livy and Cowden Beef does that cement his place? I'm not so sure. It'll be interesting once um, Goldson gets back fit. I think in Macaulay, Gareth Macaulay's, um No, in terms of him, he's maybe dropped down the pecking order a wee bit. I would suggest. I think Katic has done enough yeah. to show Gerard again that he should maybe be above. Macaulay when it comes to that One thing I want to say about uh, Macaulay I think he's had a bit of unfair criticism I think there's a huge factor that people are missing Macaulay spent his entire career Playing for lower league teams Where he's backs to the wall defending Which you can do without any pace What he's having to do at Rangers now Is push right up the pitch And become the ball playing defender Which has not been his game No, and that was never more evident than last night At the Cowden Beath game He was getting caught a few times and it looks bad because, as you say, he is so far up the pitch. He's been hounded with, with these strikers that are buzzing about his buzzing about his ankles. You're right. At, at West Brom and clubs like that, no, at the bottom of the Premier League or when he, when he was in the Championship, <coughs> he's not having to do that. He's having to defend. No, he's having to defend his own box. When when Gareth McCauley was in the ball at West Brom. No, without being unkind, it was just to launch it, basically, or give it to somebody else who could then could then go and play. Rangers centre backs, no, a lot of the time are asked to to start attacks for Rangers. That's just the way it is, home and away. So, I think you're right. That's probably been a difficult uh, adjustment for him because he's never played for the <coughs> team that's been no. on the front foot every week. No, I don't so, think so, so. And that's the equivalent of asking a striker like uh, Jermaine Defoe to play number 10. It's yep. a huge adaptation. Yeah, no, you're right. But I think Katic, I thought against Livy, Katic looked like a guy, he played like a guy who was thinking to himself, this is my one chance. Yep. He looked so focused throughout the 90 minutes, so determined. I mean, he was there was no blemishes on his performance at all. I mean, he didn't put a foot wrong. And he, as I say, he looked like a guy who was just so so eager and so focused to do well, just not to give the manager any excuse at all for leaving him out again. He obviously keeps his place at Cowden Beef. I expect him to play on Saturday against St Mirren and it'll be interesting, as I say, once Goldson comes back, does Gerard go back to the, the Goldson-Katic partnership that, as you say, most punters seem to want? No, that was that was the, the pairing at the start of the season. 
had some great results in Europe together. Or does Gerard go back to the partnership which is perceived to be his favourite and that's Worrell and Goldson, that's what obviously got them the, the old firm victory and, and the one that he's picked for several several big games, so that, that's going to be really interesting. So moving on to last night's game, a 3-1 victory, uh, very, very good in the first half, bit, bit of a Jimmy Greaves game of two halves scenario <laughs> here. Uh, I, second half though, um, not exactly terrible, but uh, not great. No, I mean the second half was a wee bit ropey, but I think some of the criticism has been slightly over the top. You, know, you get kind of engrossed in the, the social media flack that, that comes after any game, but I just thought some of it was a wee bit harsh. Listen, it was 3 0 going on 5 or 6 in the first half. Um, Rangers get their three goals early, which can be unusual in these type of games. Sometimes you go to these grounds, low league opposition. Um, cup tie and it can be difficult at the start because no, most of these teams come out the traps flying sometimes for the bigger clubs it takes them to get into the second half no, before they get the goals the other team tire no, that, that's usually the way of things I actually thought Rangers did really well to get three up so uh, no, in the first half to get it 3-0 it should have been, as I say, a stonewall penalty, no given, which was just incredible. It was an incredible refereeing performance in general. It's bizarre. I mean, but the handball was just like, I mean, such a bad, bad decision. Um, and there was other chances to, to make it even more. So I thought they did the job brilliantly in the first half. Actually, no, more than I would have expected because I thought it would have been a bit trickier at the start. Granted, the second half get a bit sloppy, a wee bit of complacency crept in another poor decision gets cowed and beef a goal and no, a wee bit of life again no, maybe think they can they can get something but I thought it was a pretty pretty sound performance all and to go there on a Wednesday night, we all know about the stadium and the pitch and that's like, it was just a, no, to use the, the cliche, it was just about being getting in the next round irrespective really it, Stephen Gerrard managed to get players minutes. We think of Defoe, Lafferty, Koulibaly, Flanagan, Macaulay. All these guys got minutes. Fodringham. Uh, Fodringham as well. Um, so that has to be a positive for the for the manager. Um, and as I say, they, fought, they, they did the job in the first half. It was it was finished after that. I think the, the two players that people want to talk about or hear about most is probably Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis. Uh, Davis, for me had a good game in flashes but didn't really didn't dominate the midfield like you might expect him to but he's still obviously picking up his fitness yeah. but there was a few passes in there you thought wow that's top class Premier League type player stuff and Jermaine Defoe we were discussing this off air earlier um, for me looked very sharp and was unlucky not to get a goal in the night he, he just he looks like a player that's just on the verge of yeah. doing something quite, quite good for Rangers I thought it was encouraging signs for Defoe last night and I know people will look at the game and think, no, he didn't get a lot of touches, he didn't score. Um, and it's, it's only against Cowden and Beef, no, he should be doing more. He's obviously came here with a massive reputation. But I thought if you, if you really looked at the game, there was lots of positives in Defoe's performance. That, that might be an unpopular opinion, but I thought he played on the shoulder of the defence all night, which you know, Rangers don't have with any of, their, any of the other strikers, really. 
Um, I thought there was a few offsides that went against him that were that were marginal. A couple of them were just plain wrong when he was when he was onside. And I thought the service to him wasn't as good as it as it could have been. And his, some of his runs were magnificent. No, that that curved run across the kind of the, the opposition back line to get himself onside and and play himself in. If the ball's over the top, it'd have been a bit better. Uh, I think he could have got himself certainly more chances and may, maybe more goals. And that no, that ability that he's got. I just think gives Rangers a different option. Now, they might not be able to use it every week and every game, but when you think of Mer- they've got Morelos, he gives you certain things, Lafferty gives you certain things, Defoe gives them something something totally different. And like you, <coughs> I thought he looked a bit sharper last night and with a bit more game time and a bit better service, I can see him, uh, I can see him getting on the end of things and getting goals. And especially at Ibrox, where it's a big open pitch, the pitch is, is flat and, and, and in good nick. It'll yeah. give him a lot more. Um, because at Cowden Beath last night, it's obviously freezing cold. The pitch is bumpy. Yeah. Um, but also, the way Rangers dominate the ball in these games at Ibrox, there's lots of balls flashing in the box. There's a bit of space in behind. Yeah. Um, he should run amok he, in the, those right even, circumstances. St Mirren on Saturday... That'll be yeah, a, a perfect even, opportunity. I mean, we've spoke before, Johnny, about Ibrox. Obviously, teams come and sit in, and maybe there isn't a lot of space initially in behind. But if you start with Morelos, now I'm not saying Jermaine Defoe will be happy to sit on the bench, of course. He's came up here to play. But when teams come and sit in deep, we've spoken about how difficult it's been for Rangers. If you can breach that, knowing Morelos gets a goal or Kent or whoever... Teams then come out, and if you think of a lot of games at Ibrox, even against the the lower league opposition, eh, the lower opposition in the in the table, if they do go one or two down, they then have to come out. We used like so many second halves at Ibrox. There's loads of space yeah. in behind for Rangers to go and exploit, and that's where you would you know you'd want the four maybe coming on after an hour or something. And no, I think he would get lots of chances. No, there's loads of games at Ibrox if you think the chances the second half they get down at that end. Um, so I still think he can be a he can be a huge asset for them between between now and the end of the season. What about the players that had an opportunity? There's three that stuck out to me. The first one, John Flanagan, I thought had a very poor game once again, and is not doing himself any favours in terms of his future at, at Rangers. The way it's going, he started no. very well at the club. I think we both thought. He would be a good signing. For me, he just doesn't look physically right. He doesn't look like he's getting up and down the pitch with the kind of mobility that you would expect from a right back. I don't know if that's an accumulation of injuries or if it's lack of playing time. What do you make of it? I think probably lack of playing time. I think at the start of the season, he was in a rhythm of playing in nearly every game. Uh, He was in at left back, obviously, for most of the games. I still stick to my guns and say that Flanagan is a good defensive fullback and I think he's good I think he's decent in one on one situations. I think he likes a tackle. This is a hill you've got to die on, isn't it? Uh, aye. Honest, <laughs> I, I, I honestly I think I think he's got qualities. Um you don't I know he's had injuries and that but you don't play in the the Premier League, no albeit only for a season or two at the level he did. No, if you can't defend and you've not got something about you. I thought last night he was poor, but like we're saying about McCauley, being so far up the pitch, even as a fullback, and having to kind of 
know, make those runs and get balls into the box and that, that's not really his his game either. Um I, I would tend to I'd be tempted to play John Flanagan in in the harder games where you're maybe going to be under a wee bit of pressure like the some of the European games and, and, that he, and he did well in, in general I in think, the European I games. I think he did. Um and listen, he's a valuable squad player. He can play right across the, the back. I mean Gerard played him at centre back, I think against Helsinki in the, the friendly, so um, he's got Matt Polster coming in, obviously the American who can play in a number of positions and John Flanagan is is like that as well, I think he's the type of guy that he could, no, he's not going to get 8 or 9 out of 10 every week, but he's the type of guy that Gerard will feel he can rely on if he was if he was struggling, whether it's at right back, left back or, or somewhere else. So you don't feel that Polster has been brought in as Flanagan's replacement because there's a number of people that believe that that to be the case because of course he's a, a pretty established right back yes he can play in defensive yeah, midfield but but I me mean, Flanagan's got signed a two year contract I think he's right in saying so yeah he's I mean, got another year so he's got another year left I just think Gerald's trying to build a squad um, like a proper squad um, even this season I mean Rangers obviously signed a lot of players but no, there's still been times this season where you've thought they've maybe been a wee bit short in certain certain areas, um, and you'd have to say fullback is maybe one of them because Andy Halliday's obviously played at left back when it's not his natural position. Lee Wallace had to come in for the cold uh, against St. Johnson when he came on, so they've maybe been a wee bit short, uh, and I think he just wants to add a couple of players like Polster who can play in a number of positions just to kind of beef it, beef it up a bit. But listen, I think, I think criticism of Flanagan has been a wee bit over the top as well. I think he's still a, no, a, still a valuable member of the squad. Scott's not for changing there. Um, Koulibaly, another player that we were very impressed with, and certainly at the start of the season, he looked like a terrific buy. Yeah. He's got an opportunity last night, scored his goal, but for me, didn't have a big impact on that game. No, I, I think he's getting off the boil. I think you need to say that. Um... And you're now kind of questioning where does he play? We, we've said before, we don't think he's a a sitting midfielder that's going to uh, kind of make the game for you. Yeah. So you need to use him in one of those positions ahead of that. If you were Gerard, would you be getting a hold of him and saying to him, listen, you need to become a central defensive midfielder because look at your physical size, look at your attributes, you can dominate in there. Possibly. I would, what, if I was Steven Gerrard, I'd be saying to him, listen, between now and the end of the season, you need to prove to me that uh, you're worth a permanent deal well, yeah. because he's, as it stands at the moment, he'll obviously go back to France. Now, Stephen Gerrard <coughs> said early on in the season that he'd made his mind up already about uh, Koulibaly and Ryan Kent and I think it was somebody else, one of the other loan players, that he would like to get them all permanently. Now, whether he still feels that way given... Koulibaly's kind of dip and form I'm not sure but that's for the player that'll be the challenge he has to whether it's as a sitting midfielder or one of the other two that bombs on uh, and gets into the box like he did last night obviously with the the goal albeit for a corner Um, he's got to start producing because I don't think he's a now that Davis has come in I don't think he's a first choice pick I mean he, he was left out the old firm game He's, that was his first start of the year last night, so he's going to have to prove himself all over again. Common sense tells you, Glenn Kamara waiting in the wings to come in. That's another one. Similar types of player in terms of what we initially thought you were going to get with Koulibaly. Yeah. 
Glenn Kamara is one of these creative sitters. I think Kamara will be a better footballer, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think he'll be better on the on the ball. But you're right, you look at Koulibaly's physical attributes and think he must be of, of use to us. I mean, going back to the Kilmarnock defeat, I think we touched on it, but when I know Koulibaly was already out of the team, but when you took McCrory out as well, take McCrory and Koulibaly out of it and you're putting Davis and Defoe in, it suddenly looked like a small team again, you know, yeah. even with a couple of, couple of changes. So Koulibaly does give you that physicality. You know, for certain games, you might need that. In some of the European games at the start of the season, it looked as if he was just going to bully midfielders and really dominate in there. Now, obviously that has waned slightly, but you're right, Gerard somehow has to, has to eke it out of him again and he's got however many games it is between now and the end of the season, he's going to need to produce if the player himself wants to wants to be back next season. And the final one on my list is uh, big Kyle Lafferty. Gerard threw down the gauntlet saying that if he was wanting to be in the um, 16 for the games, is that right, 16, 18? 18. 18. I'm going back to the 1990s. I, did, um, I didn't even realise he'd been left out the 18 at Livingston. Yeah. I heard people talking about it last night and it dawned on me. Oh, that's right, he wasn't even in the bench. Uh, do, do you think he did enough? Well, listen, it's cowed and beef, with all due respect. Um, but I thought the he showed... Blue, the blue Brazil score. I know, but... Listen, Disrespectful. I, I thought he showed... Uh, I thought he showed enough, no, despite the opposition. I thought his attitude looked good. Uh, I thought some of the runs... He obviously started playing no left of the, the front three, but he was kind of given licence to to come in off the, the flank and join up with the four. Um I thought he did okay given the, the circumstances. Is it, a little, is it a little bit similar to Koulibaly is that you get this guy in and you want him to be a sitting defensive midfielder but he's not really and you want Lafferty to be a big target man but he's not really. He kind of looks like he would be the perfect fit but he isn't. I just, I for, for the blend the strikers they've got because Lafferty's a guy who runs in behind. Yeah. But he's six foot four. But he gives you something different, and that's what I'm saying. That I suppose that's the man. That's the manager's job. I think the manager will be delighted that he's got that array of strikers you now who can give him, you no know, different things on any given day against any given opposition. And I, I've said before on here, I think Lafferty's been a wee bit harshly dealt with in terms of his his minutes, you no know, his game time. However. Steven Gerrard's seen him every day. Maybe he's not doing it in training. You don't know what his attitude's like behind closed doors. But certainly last night, he looked hungry. He looked as if he was up for it. Like I'm saying about Katic against Livy. He looked like a guy who was trying to grab his, uh, grab his opportunity. Um, and listen, the run, he started wide left. But he comes up with a run for the for the goal. Um, albeit the defending was was pretty poor but <coughs> no that run from from out to in gets him the goal that'll have been what Gerard uh, Gerard asked him to do okay we're going to move on to questions now Scott um we've got a question from the Rangers blogger James Black All 1986 right. any point in keep, keeping Koulibaly around but we've kind of answered that haven't we we have the jury's out I think yeah. now at the start of the season it would have been a definite yes but he's he's got to prove himself uh, all over again I think got one from Greg James ED do you think Defoe or Davis start in Gerrard's first choice team for me uh, Defoe doesn't but Davis does at the moment because I believe the best thing for Rangers to keep the 4-2-3-1 uh, 
Uh, have Davis in that, but I think Defoe is a, is a sub at the moment. It's a good question. I think uh, I think in Steven Gerrard's mind, he would want the two of them to be in his first choice starting eleven, but it's how he fits them in uh, and you know, how he works it with other players that have that have done well for him so far do this you, season. Do you think he's thrown away this diamond? Um. <laughs> I think, think we'll, we'll probably see it again. Some might see it on Saturday. Yeah. Yep. Might see it on Saturday. It wouldn't surprise me if he experiments again with it on Saturday to get Defoe and Morelos together. No, it'll be Kent just behind him again with your, with your three-man midfield. Um, whether it'll work or not, I'm not sure. Would you say you're unconvinced? I'm unconvinced. No, with the players that Rangers have got, I said after the Kilmarnock game that I think with the diamond, you need a sp- you need specific types of midfielders, and I'm not sure Rangers have have got that yet. I think Ryan Kent's the only creative one they've got, and even then, he's a he's a wide player who's kind of been shoehorned into that number ten role. And behind him, if you go with like a Jack Arfield Davis, or even you no know, Jack McCrory Davis, or, or or whatever, no, they they're no creative. At, players as such. I know Davis can be creative and Arfield at times a bit more dynamic than, than creative but I don't know if Rangers have got the players that can really supply that front two as a pairing. Um, so if you can't do that and you've not got the players for that, I think you then revert to, well we need to get the ball into them for wide and that means you need to have good wide players. Yeah. And you need to say Candace and Kent have did pretty well. I know we've spoke about their assisting goals and that but over the piece they've yeah. did pretty well and, and they're certainly in a better form at the, at the moment so I think we'll see the diamond again however I think the cold light of day Stephen Gerrard would be honest enough for himself to say he tried it and it backfired at Kilmarnock and that's why he changed it again at Livy Absolutely, I think he did the right thing there, changing it yep. as well. It's uh, Saint Mirren is probably a more appropriate game and, to try and roll it out. And by the way, a lot of managers, a lot of managers would have been stubborn about it. No, you've signed the four, you decide in January you're going to go with a formation to get him into the team. You go with a way to command and lose the game. No, and it's a couple of individual errors. You're not too displeased with the performance, but it's a couple of mistakes. A lot of managers would have said, you know what, I'm sticking with it. Even with even getting some flack, he would have just stuck with it. You know, a lot of managers can be pig-headed when it comes to tactics, formations, all the rest of it. Fair play to Gerard for saying, you know what, it didn't work, we need to go back to we need to go back to what they what they know best. And he's not he's shown that before as well with obviously the three five two against Motherwell yeah. where he went back as well. So he's shown that he's prepared to learn from his mistakes. Got one from Gary Montgomery. Does Doherty fit back into this midfield? Um, I'm not sure he fits into the midfield as it stands at the moment but we can only talk about Greg Doherty in terms of coming back next season and no, who knows how that midfield will look next season we've already spoke about Koulibaly might end up going back uh, Stephen Davis is only on loan I know everyone expects that to become a permanent deal but there's no guarantees with that so Davis might, might not be there either um, obviously Jordan Rossiter's went away that's freed up a space we don't know how Graham Dorans is going to come back 
was great to see him in training this week and hopefully he's only a couple of weeks away now if he actually you know, getting getting game time. So it's difficult. What you can say about Greg Docherty is he's went down to Shrewsbury. He's totally embraced the loan. I see a lot of young players leave Scotland uh, and go down to England or the lower leagues in Scotland, uh, either on loan or permanently, and they just don't embrace it. No, they don't. I don't know whether it's an attitude thing or work rate or whatever. He looks to me like a guy and knowing the, the type of boy he is, he's went down there and you know, grafting his, his backside off to try and impress, make a name for himself, make an impact. He's did that with a, an FA Cup run for Shrewsbury. Do you think he's bulked up, Scott? He looks like he's to me like he's bulked up for that league, which maybe is potentially you need in that league. He was quite bulky anyway. I think. I mean, he was, he's always been a strong, a strong boy. But maybe because you're right, no, you just won't survive in that division if you've no, if you can't handle yourself physically. Um, but the great thing for Gerard's point of view is it looks like Docker is doing exactly what he asked him to do. Get down there, get yourself in the team. How many, how many guys do you see going down? And they'll get a couple of games initially, and then you look look at the team lines on a Saturday, and they're on the bench, and they've gone for ten, but they're just drifting, drifting away. No, they don't want to be there. Yeah. Greg Dockett doesn't want to be in Shrewsbury, but he said to himself, "You know what? I'm going to give this a right good go. I'm going to make it, no, impossible for Gerard to ignore me. No, and certainly make it impossible for him to say, no, you're staying away, or you no, we don't want you back.' He will undoubtedly come back in the summer." Hopefully better for the, the experience and certainly ready to challenge for a, for a place next season. Not even Shrewsbury fans want to be in Shrewsbury, mate. <laughs> Haven't been there myself. I've got one from Tags here. It's had 24 likes, so it's safe to say that the sentiment has been, has been uh, echoed by other Rangers fans. He said, Alfred Morelos has stats this season that are amongst the best in Europe uh, for strikers, yet he's never been voted Player of the Month in all his time here. Are the Illuminati at play... <laughs> <laughs> and should we make a few films about our oppression? <laughs> Listen, the player of the month thing, I'm curious about that myself. Uh, it does surprise me that he's no one one of the awards, given he's the top scorer. On the, Are you not involved the in, the, in the judging on this? No, I haven't been this season. Uh, a likely story. Haven't been this season, sadly. Um, I've not had my... My free, my free dinner, courtesy of a Ladbrokes. Explain this, this how it season. works. Explain how it works. So Listen, it's just it's a sponsors thing. So Ladbrokes is sponsors all the leagues. Um, every month we'll get get journalists and media. No, it's not just written journalists. It's broadcast people for Sky, BBC, wherever. Um, they'll get no ten or twelve football people along and. Um, they'll discuss the monthly awards. They'll go through the games, through the stats, um, and then come up with a come up with a consensus. No, it's usually usually a vote to see who gets the to see who gets the award. So I am, I've not been to one of them uh, so far this season, but I'm surprised that Morelos hasn't hasn't got an award. And if he keeps going the way he's going goals wise I'm sure he will I'm sure he'll get one before the end of the season there's no I don't think there's any hidden agendas there you sure? I'm positive <laughs> <laughs> um, do Rangers have adequate cover for Candias or Tav? Um, well we spoke about Flanagan I think if if Tavernier got injured Flanagan would come in I don't think there's any 
That's not a like for like. Though, is it? No, it's different. Two of them are different yeah. players, but I still think Gerrard's got enough trust in Flanagan that if you know, if there was an injury there, he could still go in and, and do a job. So what about Candias then? Candias, they've certainly not got an out and out right winger uh, like him, who just wants to you know get the byline and get and get crosses in. You could argue that. Ryan Kent could play there. Uh, Scott Arfield could play there if if required. Different types of players again. Glenn Middleton could play wide right, cutting in on his left his left foot if you wanted to go that way. But in terms of a right footer playing as an out and out winger, and also, no, you have to say about Candias with the, the work rate that he gives the the team in terms of his tracking back and his his kind of uh, work ethic. In that sense, there's no many, there's no many like him. So I, I think Gerard, I don't think Gerard would want anything to to happen to him that he was out of the team for for any length of time. Okay, so we're going to go on to our final segment now, which is looking at uh, Rangers' need for a number ten at the stage four o'clock on Thursday. And I know this is dangerous because the transfer window is shutting later on tonight, but it looks like Rangers aren't going to sign the number ten that Stephen Gerrard himself. And we on this podcast have been banging on about for quite some time. The question, Scott, is have we got this completely wrong? Because tactically, a lot of people would say, well, Rangers don't really play with a 10 anyway. Um, they've got Dorans there. They've got Murphy coming back. They've got Davis who can play there. They've got Kent who can play there. Do they already have enough? Well, Stephen Gerrard thinks they have. So, I mean, he watches them every day. He certainly knows more about more about football than us. Listen, we're just giving. I, I take issue with that, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, I, he maybe knows us a, maybe, little, a I, little bit more. Maybe. I, maybe you, maybe you. <laughs> certainly know me. Um, no, he sees him every day. We know what his favoured formation is. You're right. He doesn't play with the the number ten as such. But we're just giving an opinion. We, we, I think our Certainly, my argument has just been that there's no enough. No, from that midfield three, is there enough guile? No, to open up defences. No tight defences. When a game's sticky, horrible. No, nil nil, or you're losing. No, when you really need somebody to produce a spark, produce something different on the edge of the box, that might mean a shot. No, sticking one in the top corner. It might mean a wee reverse pass, no, down the side of a centre half that puts your your striker in and goal. Do Rangers have that? I still don't think they have. Um, I've no, I've said how much I like Ryan Kent and no, how well he's he's played recently. I still don't think that's really his game. I don't think it's Scott Arfield's game. Kent's, Kent's more of a runner, isn't he? Aye. He's not a passer. He's a runner. No, and and I don't think I think. Stephen Davis of old that was more of his game I thought Stephen Davis that was originally at Rangers no, had a bit of that in his game but even in the run to the UEFA Cup final it was Barry Ferguson that Rangers and Walter Smith was playing in the 10 yep. and, and Davis was playing on the right so has he really ever played in that creative midfield no, position? No probably but we spoke to Michael O'Neill last week uh, Northern Ireland manager and no, he obviously knows him no better than better than most people, and he thinks that he's got he's got that in his locker, or he certainly has had it in his locker. And if that's what Rangers and Stephen Gerrard needed 
Davis could produce it, and that's that's fair enough. I would just I would have just liked to have seen them go for in this window, whether it was a young loan player or a guy at the other end of the scale, the age scale, coming to the end of his career, like Amaravchik, for instance, dare, dare I say it. Still, still think Ravel Morrison would have been a, a really good signing. He he was another option, yeah, that he could have maybe a wait and go. Um, Although, an obvious gamble. It's Of course, but you look at, no, you look at Celtic, and you look at Tom Rogic, for instance, Ryan Christie, even maybe a lesser extent. I would argue even Callum McGregor as well. I don't really think Rangers have got that type of player in there. It's it, it's different. <coughs> Certainly not get MD like Rogic, no. who really plays, who really operates in that number 10 and can you know, score a goal for 25 yards or can you know, play somebody in uh, on, a, on a sixpence, basically. I, I don't... I think that's what Rangers lack. That's not to say that this Rangers team can't go on and win a trophy this season or a couple of trophies or can't be successful. They've got a they've got a very decent squad. They've got an array of midfielders there that a lot of clubs uh, a lot of clubs would like. But it's just, as I say, we're just no, we're just we're watching games every week the same as everyone else, and no, you're just giving an opinion. And to me, that's maybe the one thing they lack. Someone said to me on Twitter, "Well, Liverpool don't have a number 10. They have sort of highly aggressive, high-energy midfield players. I think, obviously, if you look in, in, into the depth of their squad, um, they have the boy um, that they've just signed from uh, Leipzig. Yeah, or signed get, the, sorry, they've um, got Naby Keita, Keita who can play there. They've got Shakiri who can play there. So. But in terms of the way they start most games, yeah. they, they, they tend to start with more of an, an energetic, but, sort of high-press style midfield. But they, but they do that because they've got three absolute... Superstars, correct. Up front. Which is what I was getting to. Which is why I think it's even more important that Candias and Kent start delivering a bit more in terms of goals and, yeah. and assists, because that's why Liverpool get away with it because they have such quality up the top. Yeah. Rangers are never going to get that kind of quality. We're not talking about that. We're talking about um, comparisons. You yeah. know, everything is relative, yeah. and it's the Scottish league. But yeah. that's why I think Candias and Kent need to provide more because. The way Gerard has that midfield set up, I don't think you're ever going to get huge numbers coming out of there. Maybe Scott Arfield with his box to box, but outside of that, no, it's difficult. Even if it's even if it's somebody coming off the bench, Johnny, no, like Liverpool, Liverpool use Shakiri a lot of time off the bench when they're maybe struggling and they need they need a bit of creativity in the the three uh, the three up front. No, aren't quite doing it, or it's no their day. That's usually when when Jurgen Klopp. Uh, throws throws Shakiri on, uh, or, or even Keita in some instances. So even just for Rangers to have somebody on the bench, that, as I say, if a game's a bit sticky at Ibrox, it's nil nil. You need to break a team down, and you put you can put somebody on for for twenty minutes. I don't think when he looks at his bench now, there's not going to be that. There's not going to be that type of player. What's Hatem Ben Arfa doing nowadays? And he's still doing well, I think. Is he? In France, I Aye. think so. Need to check that out. He's left PSG, that's for sure. Aye. But it, someone like that, I mean, I know that's probably massively out with Rangers' budget. But, you know, somebody who's got a bit of, a bit of a jack-in-the-box quality, Aye. you can pull something out of a hat. Definitely. I think every squad needs something like that. Uh, and we've said it before, No, Mark Warburton probably wanted Cranchard to be that that type of guy. Uh, even though Cranchard began to play a bit deeper, 
uh, when he got to Rangers, but no, Cranshaw at his peak, or maybe even off his peak, uh, after Spurs and, and Portsmouth and all that, he could have been somebody to come in and just give them, and he did show it in the wee flashes for uh, while he was at Rangers, mm. um, but I just I don't think they've got anybody like that in the, in the squad at the moment. Um, but Steven Gerrard's obviously happy enough to go with it. He doesn't think he doesn't think they'll need it between now and the end of the season. And who are we to argue? Okay, well before we go, we'll just get your prediction for St Mirren. It should surely be a comfortable, comfortable win. I mean, Rangers need to go on a run of victories now if they're going to be serious title challengers. Obviously, Celtic winning their, their game in hand makes it even more imperative that Rangers don't have any more slip-ups um, St Mirren are struggling at the bottom just lost their assistant manager yep uh, I mean even last week one up against Hibs when Hibs were in turmoil and you're thinking St Mirren have got Hibs at the right time here they're going to go and played well first half they're going to go and win and then they concede really poor goals defensively in the second half just throw the throw the game away Um I can't see them doing anything at Ibrooks. If Rangers can get an early goal, they can go and win by, by three or four goals, I think. Yeah, I think 4-0 Rangers. I think they'll take care of St Mirren. I, was, I thought they were really, really poor uh, in the game against Hibs, which I yep. watched um, prior to the, the Rangers game on Sunday. Is that your Hibs hat on? That was, yeah. I did have my Hibs hat on for that uh. one, and I was celebrating. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a joyous occasion. Not just Lenny gone, but... <laughs> The win as well. <laughs> Superb. Right, we're going to call it a day at that. Uh, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at Scott McDermott 8 for Scott and at Johnny R. McFarlane for me. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. That's a big help. Thanks for listening.